Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Baba, You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hey, everybody. This is Go Home Bible, You're Drunk, uh, the podcast where we, us former evangelicals, atheist, atheist adjacent, generally decent human beings, read the Bible for shits and giggles, uh, sometimes with a drink in hand. My name is Justin Gentry. I have a degree in the Bible. I'm a certified fresh expert in all things biblical. I was a pastor for many years, and now I am just a man on the internet enjoying my best meta life. I'm joined. (laughs) No, (laughs) no. Joined today by my delightful host. Hi, hello. Yes, I'm Tori. I was not. I was not a professional Christian, although I may as well have been. Like I did all. I did all the work. I just didn't get paid for it. Mm -hmm. Which is pretty classic white evangelical bullshit. (laughs) Classic Christian thing to do um yeah but I know I was like yeah I was like the VP of marketing for so long got not a single I paid for that I paid to be in that position yeah, you paid for anyway <laughs> so now I feel fine about the fact that I make a podcast talking shit about evangelicalism because mm-hmm. I did my time <laughs> we did our time this is payback I think we've earned our way into heaven that we can kind of withdraw from that deposit. account we yes. can draw from that account now Oh my gosh. I put, yeah, I put so much, I put, oh my man. Yeah. Like true treasure in heaven, my mm-hmm. account. It's like past the FDIC insurance point. Like yeah. <laughs> I have more than I can be reimbursed. So we're just going to, we're making withdrawal withdrawals we are. on our treasure from heaven. In heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm pulling that by, credit card out all yeah. the time. That way we can just, you know, enjoy the Bible for, for what it is, not what we made it to be. And sometimes it's a, very funny doozy of a of a book yeah of a story of a an attempt to write a thing that kind of doesn't work as a piece of fiction it's yeah it's essentially kind of like playing narrative telephone except the person's not next to you they live a thousand years in the future oh oh my gosh anyway this is our like yeah this is what we do this is because I think, I think part of it too, is because it was like, we come from a tradition where you're not allowed to make fun of anything. You're not allowed to question. You're not allowed to have fun. Like, it's just super serious. Like we don't have happiness. Like this is a thing that was preached to us. We're not allowed to be happy. We have to be joyful. The Bible doesn't call us to be happy. Also here do 10 hours of unpaid labor every single week 
for the rest of your life. Thanks. For, for Jesus. For Jesus. For We're you. actually not going to thank you. <laughs> really, yeah. you should be going to hell. So. And, and then it dawned on me that Jesus had the equivalent of like a bad weekend one time. And maybe Aww. I've put in my time. Ever, well, you know, that's Jesus true. Back by now. That's that's fair. Yeah, we worked off we worked off whatever debt we had. Yeah, whatever debt we owed. For being born, the crime of being born into a body. Yeah, because it's it's so terrible. Uh, it is. Speaking of bodies, I don't know, Tori, if you knew this, but there is a biblical ideal for what your body is supposed to look like. What? What? Yeah. What? Yeah. And no. It, yes, and it curiously matches western beauty standards like barbie doll situation yeah barbie doll situation um cool. so do do we want to say where we found this article i feel like we should be honest about where this came from that is true sometimes i wonder like i don't want to plug things but i totally. imagine no one listening to this podcast is going to go to this site except for the lulls yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of content on there that could be turned into content by like people like us. That's true. This is an idea farm. We're letting you in on our secrets where we get some of our ideas. <laughs> Stop. So, no, it's um, not that. Not that, no. Uh so this was an article published in The Federalist. Ooh. You know, that Sorry, I just have to. A liberal rag, the Federalist. <laughs> Talking about uh, Encanto, which, you know, we haven't really mentioned Encanto on this show. I loved the movie very much. You've tweeted about it several times and said it was amazing. I have not seen it yet. It is wonderful. And my girls absolutely loved it. It is colorful. It is, it is, it is definitely like, you know, an emotional journey for adults as well. Like it's definitely good for kids, good for adults. I think the fact that they centered it in Colombia and, you know, Central America is really Mm. good. I love that. Yeah, it's it is wonderful. And it's about a family. Not really going to spoil anything if you haven't seen it, but each one has a magical gift given to them by the Encanto. Oh, okay. And so one of the characters is Luisa and she has superhuman strength. That is her gift. That is what makes her special and unique. And, you know, Disney, rather than portraying her as this tiny waif that happens to be strong, they, they, you know, drew her and animated her. Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Looking at you, Marvel. It's like, oh, look, she's got big boobs. Every young girl will relate to this. (laughs) She must be able to lift a building. So, you know, Louisa, Louisa looks, you know, like she could lift a building. Yeah. She looks strong. Yeah. She looks strong. And having been in fitness circles for many years, like I, I know women that, you know, obviously Louisa is a cartoon, but that they have a similar body type to that, that are very strong. I mean, it is, it is, to me, it is a normal thing for women to be bulky and strong, you know, or some types of women. There are women are all shapes and sizes. And this is one of them. And so seeing that represented in this film and seeing it represented in a way that fit the story, it wasn't like shoving that down anyone's throat as conservatives like to say, you know, there were many different female body types and male body types in this particular movie it was in that way it was very diverse you know all all shapes and sizes were represented in the film for the most part but the federalist being the federalist you know said in contos luisa is way too beefy for a woman you know she's just too big she's too big i feel like beefy women might have ideas about about this article first of all like 
Yeah, it, I mean, it, it, it kind of takes me back to like, and I've talked about this before, like when I was, you know, trying to convince evangelicals that intersex people existed and they were like, no, they no, no, they don't. Like God made them male and female. It says in the Bible, like, <laughs> well, I mean, that's not how it works, but, but these people exist. Here's a picture. <laughs> like, would you like to see another? And, and so, I, yeah, I, it's so they're just talking about that and obviously Louisa in the movie is she's a cartoon so she's you know definitely probably proportions that a human is not but cartoons all cartoons are proportions tend to be yeah (laughs) because they're cartoons and so he just really goes on and you know and it's it's wild the lens that this person I'll, I'll just say their name Jeff Wright sees the world through And just, yeah, how this is propaganda and this is usurping the woman's place and how he would like to inject the Disney producers with truth serum to figure out why they... That got real dark. Yeah. Now, why did you conclude Louisa needed a husky-voiced actress? Like, that's what he wants to get down to the bottom of. Husky Um, voice actresses are sexy as fuck, you idiot. That's why. Yeah, like... (laughs) What is the problem? Like, because it's hot. Yeah. Like, so she's supposed Next to be question. Hercules defending the family, and that's a man's job. Like, it, it just really, oh, like, shut up. Yeah. Dude. It just, it dude. lays it on so thick. It's, and, and for people that have been in evangelical circles, this is all stuff you've probably heard before. So I wanted to talk about it a little bit. I have questions. <laughs> no, but seriously, it's like gender and sex are the same and they're immutable and there's two of them. And if you're beefy, you're not a real woman. What the fuck? Come on. Like make up, just make up your mind. Just go with one. Just pick a side. Mm -hmm. Either you're like, you're not feminine enough. Therefore you're not a woman or like you're a dude who likes soy milk lattes. Ergo, like you might have tits. I don't know. It's just like, there's no, there's no consistency, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, there are only two genders that are also Mm -hmm. sexes. Also, if you don't behave or present in a certain way, you don't qualify to be either. Yeah. And (laughs) it's so wild. And, and the funny thing is like in contra the movie, like I said earlier, like shows all kinds of body types. There are women in there that are very classically effeminate. Mm -hmm. There are women in, you know, so this article, it doesn't make sense no matter what. Right. Let me be clear. It might make a little more sense if every single woman in there looked like Louisa and that was portrayed as like the ideal woman and in the film. You could you could say like, oh, okay, you're... That's a little weird. That's, a, you know, but I could almost... This article might make a little bit of sense, but it's like the main character right. is not shaped, not like a woman. I'm giant quotes. I'm just using their language, folks. Yeah. Yeah, it just, it, it's so strange. I don't know why... I don't know why it is, you know, and, and they, and they also like, he even says like, it is a dehumanizing message that Louisa represents, like that her existence in this film as a masculine woman is is dehumanizing and like, you're letting that into your house. I think that like, I think that's really, really, that production is really interesting. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause it's like women who like obviously like within evangelicalism these people are incredibly fat phobic right uh mm-hmm. again for women right like dudes can look like shit because that's just yeah. the culture we live in but yeah. women have to look feminine and petite and like 
whatever, because it's, uh, it's all about the image that you put forward and you like need your husband to stay attracted to you, which why did he marry you? If you having short hair makes you not attractive to him anyway. Yeah. So there's like, there's, there's very clear. I think that women who are not, who don't present as petite feminine, or at least like kind of going for those, like styling themselves that way. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Presenting themselves that way. Demure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think of people like that as less than human. I think of trans women as less than human. So yes, like this person is dehumanizing women for existing, right? It's like women are, women women are under threat because Louisa, a cartoon character in a Disney film exists. Yeah. And and that's the thing. Like, what are you saying if in a film that has a multiplicity of body types in it, that this one body type even exists, it is a threat. That, that is fat phobic. And that is, that is, and Louisa's not fat. Any woman that is somewhat masculine in presentation and oh, I even hate oh, using, oh, I, even, oh, I even hate stronger using stronger than a dude. Yeah, That's the stronger problem. than a guy. Yes. She's stronger than yeah. a man. Yeah. And, and I hate That's using even like phrases like masculine and appearance. Like I, I, Totally. Yeah. Like, but that's I'm like the language we're given, language. right? Yeah. We're given like this binary language around bodies. Yeah. And so it's really, yeah, it becomes like kind of fraught to try to talk about like women's bodies when it's not that this idea that he's saying is so important. It becomes part of like your humanity that you look feminine. So that totally, that totally makes sense to me. And it, it it's so strange. And, and they, they do this, you know, this same I think it's the same. Well, it's the same in the Federalist. They're also talking about this, the Lord of the Rings adaptation and how it betrays Tolkien's vision. And like, when you really boil it down to it, it they're saying it betrays Tolkien's vision because they cast black people. Tolkien's, Tolkien's vision. Tolkien's vision. It's a white supremacist utopia. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I, there was a TikTok that someone said like, okay, so it betrays Tolkien's vision because you cast black people. Why don't you just pretend they're not black? In the same way that we pretend that every actor that's ever played Jesus is Middle Eastern. And the same way that we pretend, you know, you just kind of showed all these other actors that were playing, you know, like we pretend that Anthony Hopkins was Mexican when he was in <laughs> Zorro. Like, why can't you pretend this black woman playing a dwarf is not black? Like, if that's, if you know, that's the reason, like, you, you pretend one way, not why not the other. Also, I do distinctly recall you saying that you cannot see race. Therefore, exactly. your argument is irrelevant because <laughs> yes. you can't see it. Yes. So it's it's wild to me. Like, like we pretended that Elijah Wood was a hobbit. It is a movie. It is not real. So that they cast someone that has more melanin in their skin and that ruins your fantasy. That sounds like a you problem. In the same way that having someone like Louisa, who is bigger than stronger than you, if that like is dehumanizing Somehow, to you. A cartoon character lady is threatening. Hmm. Interesting. It says a lot about your masculinity, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like. <laughs> I do have to say also though that there's like this very, I found it very comical that there is also an article on the Federalist right now about how this film is like really good and talks about love and forgiveness right and so it's just i i love the idea that they have these like 
completely contradictory messages simultaneously on their page because nothing matters. It's just like make as much noise as possible so that nobody can pay attention to anything. And yeah, get people mad over Luisa's body shape, you know, which which is it's humorous to say that out loud, but it's also like this was real like real consequences mm-hmm. for people. And that's not cool. I have had, I, I know personally people that, you know, they'll post on Instagram and they'll get some dude that's like, that's mm. not a woman, that's a man, you know? Right. Uh, you know, it's just like, just stupid. Which again, you guys are literally saying that you cannot change your gender and then changing people's gender on them because they're fat. Like, yeah, you're misgendering this woman and calling her a man because she's stronger than you. But yet, if I called you a woman, you would say that's insulting and that I'm misgen. Like, yeah, there's it right. makes no sense. There is no it makes, there's no to consistency to it at all because gender is a construct. And hey, <laughs> and we've been given really shitty language around all of it. Yeah, it, so like, we yeah, can't even, even describe it. Like even to try, even trying to find like nuanced language to talk about it, I think is is difficult. And you know, and and I I will like I will say that people that are more progressively minded, like we, eventually we do start making very nuanced language around a lot of things. Absolutely. And that's good. But I, I, I can also see the more conservative argument. That's like, that's ridiculous. You're just making up words. Like, well, that's because we don't have words. You know, we've been so limited by this construct. All we're in. words are like, made up. Yeah, all words are made up. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, we have to How make up new words. We got the words we have. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. You These are arguments a... are just wild to me. Yeah. So it's it's nuts. So if you see Encanto, you know, chances are high you will find your body type in there somewhere. And I think that's a good thing. And you'll you'll also find your skin color as well, because you know, the people of Central America are very diverse in skin color. So you will find someone that you can that you can see that you can see someone that looks like you and if you don't like my girls don't care my girls are very white like my family like when we sit down we joke like this is like we're a magazine cover for the Aryan nation blonde hair all that stuff you know so we joke about that but like my girls had no problem watching this movie and enjoying it I think sometimes conservative parents are like, well, there were no white kids in this. Like my kids do not care. Also, there are no black kids in all kids books for yeah. centuries. So yeah. is that a problem? Yeah. Just curious. Like, I think where were, I think, the, where were the indigenous children in all the storybooks that you had? And why are we pretending that this white person you cast as an indigenous person <laughs> is an indigenous person and xyz film oh my gosh i can't i'm like elizabeth taylor playing cleopatra like there's so many there's so many instances of this and it's just like you're colorblind when white people play everyone else Mm -hmm. but like you're very aware of color if any person of color gets any kind of acting gig at all yeah and and this was like the the halftime show for the super bowl too Mm -hmm. like you know Mm -hmm. there, there weren't any white people it's like well i could probably go back i would say even three or four years to halftime shows and probably be like there weren't any black people in them mm-hmm. were you complaining then no you well that's funny you weren't curious and again you told me you cannot see race so like why are we having this conversation yeah if you can't see race you wouldn't have noticed you wouldn't know which is a beautiful thing being colorblind yeah <laughs> 
keeps you from being angry at the very least. Like you can be angry about real things Mm -hmm. or pretend things that you think are real, like, like children being trafficked by the Biden administration or whatever. Like there's an article about that on the Federalist right now. I'm looking at it. That is why I said that. Oh, nice. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Cause lots of material out there, folks, you know, there, there is a podcast out there just critiquing called reading the Federalist. (laughs) I'm just saying like we've gone, I don't know how long we've gone talking about this and effortless, really. Uh, truly, <laughs> truly, truly, completely just like off the top of our heads. Yeah. Did not prepare for this at all. We saw this article and thought this is what we need to talk about. So those of you out there, if you want to have a podcast idea, reading The Federalist. There you go. I feel like this is legitimately the second like podcast idea we've given people because there was one about like reading the Bible and drinking wine and crying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if anyone took us <laughs> yeah. up on that idea. Instead of laughing and drinking, crying and drinking. <laughs> go, go home, Bible. I'm crying. <laughs> go home, Bible. You're a goddamn abuser. <laughs> on that note, yeah, we're gonna sweet. we're gonna punt to a, we're gonna punt to Let's an ad real quick. Capitalism, real yep. quick. I'm gonna do a quick capitalism, and uh, we'll be right back. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to those ads and buying some cool shit like Alexis or whatever. Or a McDonald's cheeseburger. <laughs> or, or a cheeseburger. These are the things that we get ads for for reasons mm-hmm. anyway yep. yeah so we have one of the actual like i would say actually funny bible stories like there's there's not really any i mean at least in this particular chapter god doesn't get mad and kill anyone yeah it's just it's it's like a a pleasant bookend or like it's a sandwich and you know in between god killing a bunch of people or threatening to kill a bunch of people yeah god just I, you know, God needs some really intensive psychotherapy. So what are we talking about? So, well, well, we're going to talk about the time that God showed his ass to Moses. That's what we're talking about. I was going to say more, but that's really the story. <laughs> that's the whole thing. But we're, I mean, we're going to talk about the before and the after and kind of some stuff in between. But I think kind of also just zooming a little bit out on the character of Moses. So mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. anytime Moses talks God off a cliff, God is going to do something rash. And Moses is like, okay, listen, just Just calm down. I got this. Like (laughs) I, this may be triggering for people, but I feel like Moses has, has a lot of that, like oldest child of a drunk dad energy. You go sit down. I will handle this. Yeah. Don't, don't leave your chair. Yeah. You just stay here, dad. Watch your stories on the TV. I will be back. Yeah. Very much that feel. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. I did want to back up though. Cause so. Moses has led the children of Israel out of Egypt and they kind of get through all that. We'll cover that more in another podcast. All that dad trauma. All that trauma. <laughs> but but honestly, the 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 story is kind of like, all right, we're in the wilderness. What do we do now? Our skill set is bricklaying. Like, 
<laughs> and now we have to survive. We used to be slaves. We don't have a lot of skills. You know, what's actually really funny that we're saying this though, is because like, like in the, in the U S I'm totally doing this. I'm so sorry. Like, but like enslaved people were the skilled people mm-hmm. of the country. Like they were the ones that made all the cool shit. They were the yeah. ones that had the expertise. So I kind of also wonder, I'm like, uh, this didn't, this didn't happen. I'm really sorry to like break this news to anybody who's listening, who doesn't know, but, but there were never a million Israelites enslaved in Egypt. Like that wasn't, that was, that was that specific event did not occur. However, I will say they might've been very skilled. I'm just saying like, there could have been very, very skilled craftsmen. Clearly there were, they made a fucking cow out of gold over like a couple of hours. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was like an afternoon project for them. So like clearly some folks knew how to do stuff. They had a craft day and they made a golden calf. (laughs) We just threw all this gold into the fire and this calf came out. Sorry, uh, like we're different story. Amazing. Yeah, so, so that yeah, so they're out there, and Moses goes up on the mountain of God, and God's swirling up there, and yeah, these people make this calf, and you know Moses gets down off there, and gets big mad. So God like made these tablets with his like fingers, like God finger painted these tablets, bare hands, it's bare hands, and In Hebrew. Moses just like has had it, and he throws them and like breaks them. This is what's fascinating to me, trivia wise. Moses melted down the golden calf and like made people drink it. Ground it into dust. Yeah. And then made everyone drink the gold dust in the water. Yeah. yeah like the worst gold sloggers ever. Because like, <laughs> there's no alcohol. Yeah, well, actually, water. I mean, it, it might have been an alcohol because you couldn't, the million people in the desert, you can't drink that shit. No. <laughs> like, no. That is cholera all day long. Yeah, it must have been alcohol. It must have been. Well, gold and, and shortly after verse 35, the Lord sent a plague among the people. <laughs> oh, I bet those were not connected. <laughs> Drinking the gold water is what did it. <laughs> it's actually the shit. That's what that's what the yeah, real plague was, it, was that you're drinking shit yeah, water. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, God gets a bit mad, a bit mad and Moses, you know, has to talk him down. So this is what is wild to me. We're going to this is chapter 33. So the Lord says to Moses, and I'm going to read these passages, but just bear in mind, these passages make no sense. Go up from here, you and the people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt to the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. You know, like you promised this to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but they've been like 500 years in Egypt. Anyway, whatever. I will give to their descendants and I'll send an angel da, 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 go up from the land, but I will not go up among you for you are a stiff necked people. And I might destroy you on the way. (laughs) I mean, Moses does have experience being ambushed by God already on the way to a place. So So, he's probably like, yeah, you stay here. I will, we'll go or we'll go separately. But God's like so mad. He's like, I was going to, God's like, I was going to walk with you guys, but But I'm so pissed off at you. I'm so mad. You You might make me hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. You might make my, my presence is so powerful. I might. And then, and then, and then the Lord says to Moses, tell the Israelites, you are a stiff necked people. (laughs) And I would walk with you, but I'm not going to basically. (laughs) He's such a drama queen. Such a drama queen. So Moses, you know, takes a tent and he pitches it outside of the camp. Wait, whose tent? God's tent? Just a tent right now. Just a tent. Okay. Currently in the story, it's just a tent. Some distance from the camp like god's pouty 
and then they called it the tent of meeting and then yeah anyone seeking the lord could go to this tent so like god's like i'm mad i don't want to be with you all and so like moses pitched me a tent like a good distance from the camp so that i don't have to see these people that i delivered out of israel or whatever or in, Egypt. in fairness i do sometimes get so frustrated with my children that i put myself in time out true I and mean, that that is a fair thing if i had to live with them for 40 years i'd probably be fucking over it <laughs> yeah fair and i also think that so maybe god is exercising some boundaries here some good parenting skills my God. perhaps we've mischaracterized the lord and so like so there's this floating cloud thing and moses is in there you know so you know they're just palling around Moses and God in this tent, and the Lord As would you do. and the Lord would speak to Moses face to face. Is the idiom uh, the way the person speaks with a friend? And so, like, so that's this part of the story. They're buddies. So they're buddies. They're just buddies. You know. So you know, God is like, I, I hate people, but I like Moses. You know, we all feel that way on days mm-hmm. there are days like i like you whoever your you is but i i hate people but then i think moses is feeling a little pouty because apparently this face-to-face stuff isn't actually face-to-face i don't know and you know he's like so like god you know if your presence doesn't go with us basically he's like you kind of like promised us you'd take care of us and so how do we know that you're with us like this is this is very like traumatized abused child energy like so dad um how do you how do we know you're not just going to leave us and so you know god's like okay i'll do this thing you requested sorry let me read the request because this is ridiculous if your presence does not go with us do not take us up from here for how will it be known then that i have found favor in your sight i and your people is it not by your going with us so that we may be distinguished i and your people from all the people who are on the face of the earth and the Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing you have requested. What was the request? <laughs> <laughs> I'll come with you. Yeah, basically, like, I want you to come with me. But it's like, you have to read the footnote to know what in the world that word salad was I just read actually means. <laughs> and it's I just, I, it's interesting reading the character. You're like, Moses is like, so you promised me and all of these people that you'd be with us. So are you going to be with us? Like you've been in this tent for weeks. Yeah. Are you still mad? Yeah. So Moses is like, show me your glory, oh Lord. That's not awkward. Yeah. <laughs> like worst pickup line ever. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> show like, me your glory. Why are you offended? I'm just giving you a compliment. Jeez, I just wanted to see your glory. Uh, so the Lord said, I will make all my goodness pass before your face. Mm, that's fun where's the angels yeah come on where's the naked angels and i will proclaim the lord by name before you like i'll pass before you and i'll yell my name at you and you need to be happy about it yeah i will be gracious gracious to whom i am gracious i'll show mercy to who i show mercy but he added you cannot see my face this is kind of like a weird kink thing (laughs) Don't look at me, <laughs> whatever you do. Um, <laughs> you cannot see my face. And basically, like, so I'm going to hide you in a rock. I'm going to put my hand over the rock. I'm going to pass by. I'm going to take my hand away. And then you can look at my ass. But my face must not be seen. My face must not be seen. I mean, under certain circumstances, this is really fun. However, the fact that they're like palling around and then all of a sudden God's like, I'm out of your league. 
Like you were in the tent together five minutes ago. Speaking face to face as friends do. What has happened? There, like there was a fall, like they missed something in the story. Like there must've been some kind of a falling out or like God got his period or something. Like, I don't know, but there was something clearly amiss because all yeah. of a sudden God's like, you're not good enough for me. You can see my ass. Yeah, you can see just my ass and do not look at my face. <laughs> you don't deserve to see my face. Yeah. Like, well, and I do think the, you know, the, to kind of bring in the Bible seminary cap for a second, the documentary oh, yeah, hypothesis, which is the hypothesis that just most more, well, more or less kind of accept people hear hypothesis in the same way they hear like the theory of evolution. It's more like, this is the like, documentary. That's not theory. real. Yeah, this is the documentary theory of how the first five books of the Bible were put together from very different sources, and that they were kind of, for lack of a better term, sewn together. But they weren't sewn together with a 21st century editor's sense of logic in mind. And Fair. so some of some of these like giant mood swings of God or giant swings in characterization can very well be chalked up to different sources being kind of jammed together. Oh, kind of like sewn together to make a, a story. Yeah. It would be similar to how we have four gospels that depict Jesus differently. And rather than having four gospels, we had one gospel that was kind of all of them clutched on top of each other. Oh boy. Like you would go like, huh. That's weird. Jesus was nice in the this sentence, and then he's like kind of pissed at people, you know, over cursing the same fig story. trees. Yeah, cursing fig trees and loving children. Like, okay, what a weirdo. What a weirdo. Anyway, so that may be what's going on here, and even like the way that the the language kind of changes up. You know, it's kind of yeah. There. So Moses gets a nice view of God's ass. I gotta be honest. It might be a nice ass. It obviously was. It seems it seems likely that it was a nice view. You know, and if and if I had that kind of relationship with God, I'd probably ask to see his ass too. This makes no sense. <laughs> like, just this story does not make sense. I'm yeah. sorry. I've yeah. been drinking. You know, and I can understand. I'm sure I'm actually sure that there are probably some wonderful Hebrew scholars that could have great light into this evangelical land though doesn't know what to do with this weird stuff because this is like some weird like cthulhu-esque kind of stuff where like you see something and you go mad you know like this is like yeah and so it's like yeah like if you look at god you're gonna die and it's like but i we were just hanging out a minute ago <laughs> yes <laughs> so like jesus is your friend but don't look at his face <laughs> like you will die Dude, this is like Medusa situation. Yeah. And and I think there are some people that will render the Hebrew as not necessarily looking at God's ass, but like looking at where God just was, you know, kind of he passed by and then you see like, this is where he just was. And that kind of, I feel like I this is know. a lot of worship services that I was at, like, like worship services, like they were way too long. And we sang the chorus of one song for like 45 minutes. Because you're just like waiting on the presence of God. And God just doesn't. God just doesn't. Show. We're just like, oh, let's sing that verse again. Let's see. Uh-huh. Maybe uh-huh. if we slow it down. Turn off the turn off the instruments. We'll just have just people sing hallelujah over like, and over again. This like this song only has three chords, you guys. Can we at least do a four-chord song? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of how this feels. So then the, you know, God's back talking to Moses again, you know, about cutting Bossing two tablets. Him around. You know, and now it's like, well, the first tablets I wrote with my fingers, but that was you too gotta much make work. the other so ones. Now you have to do the other ones, which honestly is kind of convenient for Moses. Like you break it, you buy it. 
Yeah, that's true. You break it, you buy it. So like I did the manual labor the first time. Moses, now you have to do the manual labor. So Moses then cuts the Ten Commandments, basically, or the two two stone tablets, I should say, not necessarily. Okay. So having been raised in like Pharaoh's household, totally makes sense that he mm-hmm. would know how to write. I don't know. I don't think Hebrew was a written was Hebrew a written language at the time that this was ostensibly happening. I can't okay. say. Okay. Okay. So I'm like, but Moses very like in the story in that context he surely knew how to read and write Mm -hmm. that makes sense but isn't he like a hundred years old i feel like chiseling rock when you're like a hundred i mean i guess people were just built different back then because life was so fucking hard yeah (laughs) didn't have a choice you had to chisel the stuff to live to be a hundred you had to be pretty stacked i think (laughs) see and i thought it was just luck maybe you know but it's like this weird characterization so like moses cuts the tablets of stone you know, and this is like, we've just had this holy moment where God just like revealed a bits of his glory to Moses. And then Moses like does back this, to work, back to work. And then the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the Lord. He was by already name. there. Cause how was he talking to Moses? If he was, <laughs> never mind, never whatever. mind. Time and space mean nothing to the Lord <laughs> or to true. the writers of, you know, the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, the compassion. So like God is yelling this, like this is, this is like some Kanye West level stuff. Like, yeah. 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 The Lord, the Lord, the, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in love and faith. That is a lie. You literally just, Oh my gosh. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Keeping loyal love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin but he by no means leaves the guilty unpunished <laughs> responding to every transaction transgression of the fathers dealing with children and children's children to the third and fourth generation. Like, like I'm gracious and compassionate, the most loving God, I will punish you for four generations. If you fuck with me. This is like, again, <laughs> this is like such abusive language. Yes. Like I am so loving. That is why I'm leaving bruises on you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, and yeah, then like, like the next verse, Moses quickly bowed to the ground and worshiped. Because <laughs> it's like, oh shit. Yes. God's been drinking again. Yeah. So, and, and yeah. so I just, this is so funny. Like God's screaming at Moses, like, like, like people are listening, but it's, it, nobody's there. It's just Moses like, bro, what are you doing? Like, sit down. <laughs> yeah. I am the greatest. <laughs> like, slow to anger. Like that is a bold face lie. You yes. literally tried the man you're screaming at. You literally just decided to murder. Like you literally, like his wife had to chase you off. You just got it in your head. <laughs> There's a bee in your bonnet about murdering Moses as he's on the way to Egypt. And like, unless his wife had saved his life, you would have just capped his ass. Yeah. So like, what is this slow to anger? So no, not slow to no. anger at all. No. We covered this, that particular story. And yeah, I think episode two or something. Yeah. <laughs> Hmm. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, like Z- Zipporah had to chase God away with a foreskin. The foreskin. <laughs> like <laughs> so clearly. Because he got angry real fast and then was instantly was unangry. So he was like, "Okay, I'm I'm done. I'm, not I'm slow to anything." Cool. Oh my gosh. So yeah, it, 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 it I mean, it goes on. We but it's just like these like obey what I've commanded and then do all these nitpicky things. And if you don't do it, like I'll sell you out and your daughters will be prostitutes to the Ammonites or something. Like oh god, it's, okay. It's like yeah, it's like whatever. And then and then Moses like almost every time he like kind of gets in between God and he's like, okay, you know, we're I get it. We're a stiff necked people. <laughs> 
you're, you're right. We're the bad guys. We're the bad guys in this story. Yeah, it's almost like the flavor of this part of the passage is almost like, okay, wow, wow, this is really cool. This God got us out of Egypt. And it's like, oh, fuck, this guy's messed up. <laughs> wow, like we made a bad deal. This God is jacked how we, up. How do we get rid of this guy? This we, is why there was like that cycle of like, they would sin and then they get cast out. And God was like, because God was so pissed at them. And then they're like, well, this this is, this is sucks balls too. We should just go back. Just obey and go back. We'll go back. We just do this over and over and over. At least we had milk and honey when we were with oh my God. that guy. Milk in the desert. My favorite. I love that good desert milk. Um, Everybody's favorite beverage. It's warm milk. <laughs> Middle of the Sinai. Oh my gosh. So yeah, like it's just this really strange thing. And you have this God showing his ass to Moses. And like Martin Luther, our favorite reformer. Like he he had sermons that were called the ass of God. Okay, I hate him, but that's that's amazing. Yeah, and and there are German words for but, and no, he used the ass for you know like the German word for ass. Like it was definitely like okay. say what you will okay. about Martin Luther, he used a lot of crass language that I I am all about in his sermons. Yeah, valid. Not about the respectability politics. See, I can get with that. Yeah. The whole like God should kill all the Jews bullshit. Like, no, like shut your mouth. And just previous to this, like, you know, God is like ordering, yeah, he sent a plague amongst the people and slow to anger. Yeah, slow to anger. Like, and that's and that, that's why it feels like a lot of that language that is used in churches even today. Like, I'm even thinking about like songs. Like there was a song, like the Lord is gracious and compassionate, whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. And like like okay we tell that over and over again like in the songs but then we get to the sermon and we realize like no god is furious at you all the time constantly and his anger burns at you and only because of jesus are you saved and that's because god is so gracious and isn't god so good that he made this place called hell that he might not send you to if you give us your money and like this this is abusive this is abusive to the psyche it is spiritual malpractice and mm-hmm. um, I'm not okay with it. And, and, you know, Moses, this like person that's supposedly God's friend getting treated terribly. And then Moses got angry one time and like hit a rock. And then God's like, you don't get to see the promised land. What a dick. Dude, come on. Like, yeah, this is like, this is like that disproportionate response to everything sort of situation that I feel like evangelicals are really into. Mm-hmm. It's like any minor infraction is just like, well, we got to bomb the shit out of you. We don't have a choice. Like, mm-hmm. I just have to say this, like, I'm slow to anger. <laughs> I'm compassionate and gracious. This is very much like I'm a good guy energy. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, if you got to say it, mm, I don't know. Right. Like, if you got to tell everybody you're an ally, like there's reason for someone somewhere to believe that you are not. Someone who is an authority on the issue. Otherwise, you wouldn't need to say that thing. If you're the only one saying you're not racist, there might be something, something is going on here. <laughs> something is amiss. Yeah, like, yeah, it, it's only only God is in these passages is saying this about God. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Nobody else is saying it. <laughs> I'm a good God. Why are you treating me this way? I delivered I you out of Egypt. You. I am slow I to anger. 
look at everything I did for you. You're so ungrateful. <laughs> You're a stiff necked people. Moses, tell them they're a stiff necked people. <laughs> Dude, like, chill out. Oh my God. Yeah, take a drink. Seriously. You know, Seriously. Get, get like, some indica, something. Ooh, yeah. Like, come on. I know you must have missed your last appointment with your therapist, but you better not miss this week's. Yeah. <laughs> like you're a very angry man. So this is the God we grew up with. So and maybe that's why conservatives occupy themselves with dumb things like the body shape of a cartoon, because to face the existential nonsense that is the God they say they love is too much. That is, I feel like that is really, I feel like that's really valid. I'm not going to lie. I feel like there's a point at which your brain is kind of breaks if you keep asking questions mm -hmm. and either you power through that or you just double down. And we've talked about this so many times, but like you really do get to a point where you're like, I have to sort of like a fork in the road. Like you've got to choose one way or the other. And, you know, I think that this kind of goes back to this idea of like deconstructing is deconverting and it's not mm -hmm. right. Well, there's lots of places that you can land. I just took the other path, right? Like I don't have to go to atheism if I don't want to do that, right? If that doesn't feel true to me. There are there are progressive Christians in our audience, you know, people totally. that totally you know, like chuckle at the ridiculous stuff of the Bible, but still really resonate with the story of Jesus and still, you know, have sets of Christian beliefs. Which is totally valid. Absolutely fine. I mean, I think that I would, I would argue that I still get like the overwhelming majority of my values from the Bible, you know, it's just not the ones that they have, I guess. Yeah. They take the other values. They take the God is a dad. Who's also a bully values. Those are yeah. the ones that really resonate. A lot them. of conservative is really that like bully who was bullied energy. Yes. You know, yes. or like, and, and again, this could be a sensitive topic for people, but I think it's, it's a, these are energies I'm talking about, but it's like mm -hmm. that bully that bullies all the kids in the playground, but you like find out his home life is real shitty. Awful. Like, yeah. Which is almost always the case. It's like that, but it's your worldview. Mm -hmm. Your worldview yeah. is that God Absolutely. is so angry and so abusive and is yes. within an inch of just killing you. Wiping you off. At any moment. <laughs> For hitting a rock. But you have to say he's, this is the best God ever. Or he'll kill you. And that is such a snowflake. And then, yeah. So you, then you take that energy out into the world. And of course, you're wanting to put people down. Of course, yeah. you're wanting to yell at Disney for having a full figured muscular woman in their cartoon. <laughs> like, like uh -huh. it makes a certain amount of psychological sense. And I, I don't want to excuse bad behavior, but I totally, I can also because I was there myself, I can also empathize with the fact that mm -hmm. you have no support and mm -hmm. the divine that you're supposed to turn to either. It's terrifying or like what I did. Eventually I started experiencing the divine in ways that weren't Christian. We're unauthorized, like unauthorized, you know, like, Oh God really is loving. Yeah. Yeah. In spite of what the totally. Bible says about him. And so, yeah, like if, if you don't find any alternative means to experience the divine, if you're only mediating it through this, you're going to, you're going to probably end up like Moses, an apologist mm -hmm. for a bad dad. Yeah. And that's a shitty place to be. I, you know, I can True. sympathize with that. I don't excuse behavior, but I can, I can go like, right. yeah, I can see where that's a shitty place to be. Yeah. That makes, I mean, that makes so much sense. And like, I think it really does tie into their like 
persecution fetish of like, I feel bullied. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, like, let's be honest, we were told that we were being bullied, like actively bullied by the world all the time. Like science, like the entire construct of science existed to disprove God. Mm -hmm. Like it was antithetical to our faith. So, yeah, I think that like when you, if you feel like everyone's been after you your whole life, because all of the adults in your life have told you they're all after you. They're all trying to get you. They're all trying to take your faith away from you and make you an atheist or like, I don't know, an abortionist or whatever they come up with. Yeah. I mean that, that like psychologically that outcome makes sense, right? Cause Mm -hmm. it's like, you're being bullied at home because your parents are probably like beating you up like literally beating you up and you're being told that you're a victim and that the world is also going to beat you up, which is why I have to beat you to make sure that you're prepared or whatever their mm-hmm. nonsense logic is. And then you become an adult who's already, who's already like deeply fucked up from these narratives and like actual physical assaults that you received as a child. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense to me, but you would be a very angry, unpleasant person. Yeah. Right. And then you go turn to God and like everything you know about God is that is through that lens. He is also deeply angry and unpleasant and doesn't kill you unless he kills his son. (laughs) He's a good guy. I mean, yeah, he's a child murderer, but also like, he just gotta, you gotta cut him some, give him some time. He murdered a child so he wouldn't have to murder you. (laughs) Like, isn't that great? No. Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't Like, You could have made the universe anyway. And this is the yeah, way you chose. This is what you chose. And this, and we call you good. Cause you're screaming. You're like running around in the <laughs> desert, screaming about how you're the goodest dad. <laughs> running around, <laughs> waving your ass around, screaming how great you are. Oh my gosh. Oh my, this is totally, yeah. This is like very kind of, this is, oh my gosh. This is such like drunk Noah energy also. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like you're just passed out naked and you wake up and you're just pissed and cursing everybody. Like, oh. buddy. So you also God is very traumatized. God is, I think too. I think God was kicked out of the God Club. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he's a little drunk. Maybe he's rowdy. You know, and he found these poor people. Clearly, clearly he's an asshole. So I mean, it makes sense that he got kicked out. (laughs) He got kicked out of the God Club, and oh, here we are. He's like, I'm, I'm lonely. I'm gonna make some people. Yeah. Like, well, that that was a mistake. (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) <laughs> now i'm gonna destroy them well maybe not this one guy he seems all right nope he's not i'm a terrible judge of character i'm also a terrible architect oh man so and now funny. they're building a tower to me you're like oh fuck no no you are not get off of that thing you do not get to be like me don't look at my face <laughs> This is fucking incredible. Yes, I'm sorry. Like this is, is this is amazing. Like who even is this character? I don't know. <laughs> like, it is a very Kanye West. Like you are such a disaster. I want to watch you, but right. I also feel like I you need help. <laughs> I feel really bad for anyone who has to really interact with you. Yes, but this also like, this is a fucking train wreck. So I'm like I feel a little guilty, but I also kind of don't. <laughs> Yeah, but I also like I'm here, I'm in I'm in the show now. So let's like, see committed. where it goes. Gotta finish the rest of the season. <laughs> oh my god, this is Ooh. this this book is bananas. It really truly is. 
And I, I'm like, I have to be honest, like at some point somebody, like I was listening to an, another atheist podcast a couple of years ago and they pointed out, they're like, God has, you know, God has like 72 names or whatever. And it's like, a lot of these people were not the same dude. They just like shoved them all into mm-hmm. the same yeah. character. And like, that has really stuck with me. And so now every time you go to the next paragraph and God's acting all kind of different, I'm like, I should bust out my concordance and see, is yeah. he being called by the same name? Because if he's not might be a different dude yeah might be a completely different god that they just kind never of like know. made one god when all this was getting compiled you know it is like being married to kanye you don't know which kanye is going to get out of bed in the morning there's just like, no way to know you know like the kanye there's, west thing is it's really starting to make a lot of sense he also thinks he's a god this makes also perfect true. sense <laughs> i'm just saying and I would, I would guess, I don't know. I guess I could probably Google this. I would guess Kanye has a nice ass. Fair. Just saying. When you have that kind of money. But, yeah, can, exactly. You can buy a you nice can buy ass a nice for ass. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. This is, this is, wow, this is out of hand. This Jesus is, Christ. This has been a rich experience for me. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm tempted to keep going, but at some point we probably should wrap this up. Oh, and at some point Moses got a glowing face. I feel like we could end on that. That's true. You know, that's true. He just he went to the God Spa. He just went to like, the God Spa. Boom. Got himself a All little shiny. Glow up and yeah, people were like, "Cover that up!" But we don't want to look at you. Like what happened? God sat on my face. <laughs> what happened to you, bro? <laughs> Nothing. It's fine. Don't talk about it. Yeah. I'm just gonna put this veil on my head. Yeah. Totally normal. Like totally normal. And now you can't look at my face. <laughs> this is like, I'm God to you now. The story is just, just, I can't, I'm, I don't, I don't need, yeah. I'm out of words. I'm out. So who would you cast as Moses in, in these tales? Oh, this is so hard. Cause I'm like, in a way I kind of resonate with like all the work that he has to do running around trying to like make sure God doesn't kill everybody. Yeah, like he has to work hard to like manage <laughs> God's moods. He does. Like, God is, like, getting naked and running around in the desert screaming things. Like, there's... Moses was doing a lot of work. Yeah, he's like, oh, God, like, can you give us some assurance you're not going to abandon us? Like, God's like, no. A bit of cloud. (laughs) Like, God's like, I'll show you my ass. (laughs) (laughs) Just, like, the most drunk response of all time. (laughs) Like, I really need this thing. Okay, well, I'll take my clothes off. That's the same, That's right? That's not what I was asking. <laughs> like, okay, but the other, th- can we talk about the other thing? Can we get to that later? Oh, poor Moses. I feel like, I'm trying to think of somebody who's just really good at playing like an older dude who's just, who's like exasperated because he's constantly being run ragged. I'm you know? trying to think of, well, um, Parks and Recreation, the guy that played Ben Wyatt, I'm trying to look it up. Adam, oh yeah, Adam, Adam Scott. Something. Yeah. Like, like just that like, that exasperated that energy. nerd uh-huh. energy of like yes. i am the only one that can hold this thing together and i'm on my own like i like, yeah that kind of exasperated energy i could totally. definitely see that that makes sense but then like if we're talking about parks and rec i really feel like ron swanson energy is like what god like drunk ron swanson is god what god is doing in these yes. chapters yes <laughs> it's like yeah. You are making everything worse. Yeah, you're making all everything you care worse. about is yourself. Yeah. And then and like when you get mad, you just storm off to the woods. <laughs> Somebody has to come get you out. 
yeah, like, like, God, what are you doing? Like, you're not gracious. And then like, God hands them a little piece of note, like, do what I want. <laughs> like, yeah, I can do what I want. Actually, I do think in this passage, I, I can't find it exactly. I think I remember reading basically like God does what he wants. Like, I'm just going to oh, control this no. mess. Oh no, that's such bad theology. Yeah. Whatever, I guess he does. So who do you cast as, as God's ass? I mean, we ever said, you know, Nick Offerman, but. Yeah. Mm. I mean, who's like maybe God's it? voice, but God's ass. God's voice. Well, we already know who God's voice is. Like, we already know what God sounds like. Like, that's very basic. It's yeah. Morgan Freeman. A very drunk Morgan Freeman. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Yeah. It's like slurring his words. Oh, I was <laughs> Oh my gosh! Or he's like, you can't really hear what he's saying because he's yelling, but he's also running from you. So it's like... <laughs> What? Like I'm just going to get cigarettes. (laughs) You're like, oh my god! (laughs) Like 800 years later. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man, so good. I'm trying to think. I I had an idea and it's gone now. So yeah, Moses is uh, Adam Scott, and poor Moses. Nick Offerman is the god energy, I suppose. Drunk god. Yeah, drunk god. Drunk dad god. Alrighty. Well, uh, thanks everybody for listening to this. Uh, delightful. Yeah, for it, real. It was, I, it was a delight for me, at least. <laughs> for real. Uh, I certainly the needed rest it. Of you. Yeah, I certainly <laughs> needed it. If you would like to know a little bit more about what we're doing, you can check us out on Twitter and Instagram. You can also get some extra content, ad-free episodes and whatnot uh, by supporting us on Patreon. Uh, additionally, you can also get a life first uh, if you support us at the Youth Pastor Tier. That is patreon.com slash go home Bible. I'm Justin. I am Justin D. Gentry at on, on Twitter at Justin D. Gentry. And Tori, what about you? Yeah, I'm on Twitter and sometimes on Insta, just at Tori Glass. So wander over that direction if you're so inclined. And uh, yeah, so enjoy your week. Send this episode to a friend. Absolutely. You know what to do, like five stars only. I mean, you can do 10 if you really feel like it, but whatever. Five is appreciated. Five is the minimum. The minimum amount of stars that we are accepting at this time. <laughs> like maybe some other time. Like we just need, we just need a few more stars in the bank before we let people start sliding in with these fours. Yeah. We also are on Google Podcasts and Stitcher. So if you, uh, I think you can rate on those, if you could rate us on those as well, that just helps uh, increase our visibility and whatnot. And that's, you know, that's an easy free way to support us is just to take a minute or two and give us a five-star review and uh, tell a friend, you know, don't be afraid of God's ass. It might be really nice. It could be nice. You you at least got to look. You got to check it out. Yeah. Don't look at his face. Decide for yourself. We're not here to influence you one way or the other. Just check it out. You know. But you don't need to be afraid of it because, you know. Yeah. All right. Have a good week. All right. Bye. Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth and this podcast is just 
that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.